1: through perspectives of hope in Jesus Christ. How does God use a man who was born in India, studied in Canada, went to seminary in Louisiana, and pastored in Iowa? How does that man become a worldwide evangelist? Who did God use to influence him? Where does his burning desire come from? This is the story of Dr. Wesley Paul, a man who God has used to address governors, kings, and presidents of nations, along with mass audiences always proclaiming God's truth in the Bible. We pause to remind you the reason we have the Good Life program is to share how the love of Jesus Christ makes a difference in the lives of people. I'm talking about the love of Jesus, so strong, dear friend. So strong that he died on the cross for your sins and mine. He shed his blood on that cross for sure, yes. He was buried, but three days later he rose again from the grave. And today, the living Christ offers God's hope to you. The living Christ who has touched the heart and life of Dr. Wesley Paul reaches out to you. Would you turn to Jesus? If you have not done so, would you open your heart to Christ and receive him as your Savior and Lord? Would you turn from your way to God's way? That's called repentance. That's our prayer, dear one. And if you already know the Lord, well, get ready. Dr. Wesley Paul, his story will encourage you. Dr. Wesley Paul is the founder and president of Wesley Paul International Ministries, He understands the need and urgency of taking the gospel to the nations. He and his team are committed to evangelizing, equipping the church, and encouraging the saints. He holds a Master of Divinity degree from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, a Master of Marriage and Family Therapy from Campbellsville University, and a Doctor of Ministry in Pastoral Care and Counseling from Lutheran School of Theology in Chicago. He's married to Debbie. They have two children, Ashley and Jonathan. Wesley, welcome to our show.
2: Thank you, Danny. Thank you so much. I feel so honored that uh, you would have me. And uh, I don't know if you were talking about me or somebody else, but it sounded good.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us from Springfield, Kentucky. Wesley, I mentioned India. Where in India did you grow up?
2: I grew up in the great uh, metropolitan city of Bangalore or Bengaluru, uh, the uh, semi Valley <laughs> of India.
1: What was it like? You mentioned Simi Valley. That gives us a bit of a context. What was it like for you growing up there in Bangalore?
2: Uh, growing up in Bangalore was fabulous. Uh, we felt like we were 1500 feet above sea level. Well, it was 1500 feet above sea level. It was a beautiful climate. We were proud of Bangalore. We are proud Bangaloreans, Kanadikas. We speak Canada. Uh, we just took a lot of pride in Bangalore. It's one of the cream of the crop cities. People from everywhere want to come live in Bangalore. And uh, beautiful climate, uh, English spoken all over the place because the British lived there. A lot of uh Canterman stations a lot of influence of the british uh i learned to speak english there in india so bangalore is an awesome beautiful city and because of its nature it just became uh, a burgeoning city attracting so many people from all over india
1: growing up there who would you say mm-hmm. wesley influenced you most in your your early years
2: I would say the uh, gospel preachers that came to preach in Bangalore in that Gymkhana Stadium. It was a cricket stadium. And I went there this uh, past year when I went back to India in October. I said, I got to go see that. But that place had so much shrunk. I don't know, Danny, if you go back to those old playgrounds and places where you used to hang out. Of course, uh, new buildings were there. but that's where the ground was, where the preachers came and preached uh, gospel beating.
1: You mentioned gospel preaching. How did you become a Christian, Wesley?
2: I became a Christian, raised in an Anglican home, um, becoming aware of my faith, Thank you, thanks to the foundations that the Episcopalian and Anglican Church gave me. That's my foundation of Christian community I grew up in had great Sunday school teachers, became aware of the gospel, became aware of the teachings of Christ, uh, Sunday school and all that. But I w- was probably about 10 or 12 years old when I went to a vacation Bible school where I heard that I was supposed to give my heart to Christ. And so not once, but probably a 100 times I prayed as a kid to receive Christ. And <laughs> every crusade I think I did again and again. Uh, just needing that salvation, I felt like. Um, So at a very early age, yes, I heard the gospel and gave my life to Christ. But it was only when I was 18 years old that I really realized what I was doing and followed Christ with a baptism and seriously committed my life to Christ at 18.
1: So 18 being a a pivotal year for you after many seeds were planted and the seeds were watered and grew in your heart. What circumstances... Led you to Canada?
2: Well, after I had become a serious follower of Christ, I had rebelled between sixteen and eighteen, running from God, uh, in the world, all that nonsense and craziness. But when I pivoted, uh, the guys I was uh, where I was hanging out with the friends I was fooling around with and things that I did, I just began to witness to them and say, look, man, my life has changed. I'm not doing the same stuff that I used to do before, hang out with you guys. So I started gathering guys in my dad's library at the house. And so uh, we'd have Bible study Sunday night. And so I invited this Canadian guy who came to this uh, event and uh, he spoke to them. And then he realized what I was doing and he says, well, there's a school in Canada. I think you should go there and get some more education and God can use you more. Uh, but I can apply for the school and get you there. How about you have to get a plane ticket and arrange for that? And so I talked to my dad and he made a way for me then to uh, get a ticket and, and, and fly to Canada. But, but that came with its own challenges. Um You know, everybody dreams of going to the West when you are in India, uh, making something of themselves or studying hard or getting an education or going to find a career. So uh, long story short, Danny, I applied for the visa and they turned me down. Uh, I was 19 years old now and uh, I just did not believe that was God's plan. So I went 3,000 miles on a train three days into Delhi. Uh, stood there in front of the Canadian High Commission and said, I need my visa. And I said, listen, this, we rejected you already. Apply next year. This is all in English you can read. If you can't read, why are you going to Canada? Because they speak in English. It was very insulting, uh, very demeaning. Uh, but yet I knew that God had a plan for my life to prepare me for ministry. And when we do have some things that we know we're positioned for, we can't back down. I did it. I dug my heels, stood there in the line. And I said, sir, the school really wants me to come. And he said, what proof is there? You know, apply next year, go next year. What's your hurry, all this stuff. And I said, look, there's a telegram they sent me and they're really looking for me. I pulled out this telegram and he read it and he says, wait a minute. So he went back, talked to one of his officers, came back and he said, here's a stack of papers, fill it out, you go to Canada. (laughs) So, you know, if you will stay the ground Wait on God's goodness, it will come forth for you. But so many of us give up so quickly, rejected, discouraged, we walk back, you know, and say, Well, this is it, you know, so I'm glad that pivoted me that changed my whole life coming to Canada and then to the States. Uh, You know, I found a base now to be international. Otherwise, I would have been very national and local. Nothing wrong with that. But I knew God's mission for me was the par- the world the world was my parish like john wesley
1: the so, world the world the world is uh, dr wesley paul's parish and you hear him sharing about this story it's a pivotal moment when he knows that god is speaking to him he knows that the door is open and and yet he gets there to to the uh, The visa doesn't go through, it's rejected. Then he goes to Delhi, 3,000 miles, and then he has to press in even more. My friend, are you at a place today where you're scratching your head, you're wondering, I thought God wanted me here or to do this and that, but now there's a, a roadblock in front of you. Could it be that the Lord sends Dr. Wesley Paul to share that story to remind you To press in even more. See what God will do. And in this program, let's see what God has continued to do in the life of Dr. Wesley Paul. When we come back, you'll hear more from him about receiving God's call to the ministry. I mean, he was a pastor, but how did God call him from pastoral ministry to full time evangelism? Trace back. How did he get trained for the pastoral ministry? You're listening to Dr. Wesley Paul. You can find out more about him at WesleyPaul.org. Again, WesleyPaul.org. Stay with us. We'll be right back. What can we learn about evangelism? Danny Yamashiro here. Rebecca Manley Pippert wrote in her book, Out of the Salt Shaker and Into the World. I once asked a woman if she felt comfortable about evangelism. Oh yes, she responded. I do it twice a week. Somehow it sounded more like taking multiple vitamins. Evangelism isn't just something you do out there and then get back to normal living. Evangelism involves taking people seriously, getting across to their island of concerns and needs, and then sharing Christ as Lord in the context of our natural living situations. For more inspiration on evangelism, go to drdanny.live.
0: You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Dr. Wesley Paul's message
1: is biblical, fresh and practical. He's addressed governors, kings and presidents of nations and spoken to the masses from small informal gatherings to large filled stadiums he's presented the message of peace love and hope to audiences in over 30 countries Uh, danny yamashiro here thanks for being with us wesley paul our guest today if you're tuning in right now maybe caught the tail end of the last segment heard that story about pressing in perseverance well we're grateful you're with us you can find out more about dr wesley paul at wesleypaul.org And this podcast is available for you. Just go to drdanny.live. It's there on Apple. It's Spotify and uh, major podcast platforms. Wesley, when did you receive God's call to the ministry?
2: Danny, I watched these guys preach in India. I could have been eight, ten years old. I'm not sure. But uh, I would think of myself as like, okay, I'm going to preach like them one day. So that was embedded in me. Um, so even when I'm preaching today in Africa or India or some country, I'm looking at young kids and I'm saying, maybe that kid is hearing me and maybe one day he'll be an evangelist. So so I think I, I heard it back then. And even when I was rebelling, running from God, I couldn't really enjoy the world or the sins because I felt like there was something, uh, a, you know, a call on my life. Uh, so when I recommitted myself at 18, uh, that was, again, firmed up again that yeah maybe god has a hand on your life and then when i came to canada and studied and then i would preach in churches across uh kentucky in america and other tennessee and virginia i was at this college where they would send you on weekend trips to preach and uh, so when i preached people would say yeah that's very evangelist you know you're called to be a preacher and and the more I kind of leaned into that, I said, okay, I'll prepare myself to whatever God has. So I went through the seminary, went through pastoral ministry. And then when I was in uh, pastorate in Iowa City in Iowa, Ravi Zacharias had come to um, our town. And I had looked up to him as uh, another Indian and you know, Asian that was preaching the gospel so powerfully and intellectually and um you know, I I loved his style and his mannerism. So I just said, hey, hey I want to meet with this guy. So I, when he was there in Iowa City, I said, uh, uh, I'd like to meet with you. And, and, and so he invited me to go out to dinner with him. And so I told him my passion, my desire. I said, I'll carry your bags, do whatever to learn from you. And so he invited me to Atlanta. Uh, so that began my journey. And um, Then I heard Ravi, um, uh, Luis Palau say that he's inviting young evangelists to be mentored. That was 1999, I heard that. Uh, 98, I met Ravi. 99, I heard Luis doing that. So I applied to be one of his uh, Next Generation Alliance evangelists. It was 99. I'm not sure if it was 99 that I met you and your posse. You came in there, man. You were like (laughs) <laughs> for of the evangelist and you had like three or four guys like like your guys who uh i, I saw your confidence i saw your uh, uh strengths and i said i want to be that guy uh talking about building team and being uh you know really knowledgeable what of about what we can do as evangelists. So you you really exuded with a lot of confidence and and so anyway that that's how my start was around Luis and then around guys like you that kind of cheered me along and uh, so here I am today again uh, reconnecting with you. It's really good.
1: I remember that well. I remember even riding in an elevator with you, Doctor mm. Wesley Paul, and 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 you talk about confidence, but I sense the grace and the strength and the clarity of the Lord in you uh, back then. And look at what the Lord has done in and through your ministry for the past 25 plus years. Describe how the Holy Spirit gave you a vision. This vision, you know, some people would say, and you made a comment a moment ago that were you to stay there in Bangalore, sure, God would have used you, but... Early on, you sensed this broader vision, the globe, the world. The, like John Wesley, the world is your parish. Speak more about the Spirit cultivating in you this vision to preach the gospel around the world.
2: So I was about 18 and a half, almost 19 there, just sold out to God, got baptized. I was so hungry for the Holy Spirit. I, I would go everywhere. I would seek that power. I would seek that anointing because I knew that that was what took the disciples and turned them uh, as world changers. So I was hanging out with these two. Uh, this guy was a Brahmin Hindu who had become a Christian. His wife was a Christian. Man, that guy was sold out. His name was Narayan. Narayan's wife was Sharon. And and so I would uh, fast with them, pray with them. And there were many days I would fast and pray hungry for God. And I would go here. I would go there. Ask Pentecostal brothers, sisters. I, I go up among the brethren, the Baptists, and you know they kind of just downplayed the role of the Holy Spirit. Nothing wrong with my brother, and I still am a Baptist uh, associated. But I was so hungry, like Billy Graham was, you know, like in 1954. He was hungry, and Stephen Alford talked to him. That's another whole story and how he got filled in the Holy Spirit. If you want to read more, go to the book, The Evangelist uh, by Louis Drummond, and you will read that story. But back to this pivotal moment in my life. And as we were praying, they would lay hands on me, Narain and Sharon, they would just lay hands on me and pray. And God would give them dreams and visions about me. And one one of them particular, they said, we see you standing Uh, in platforms, large crowds of people before you. They're not Indians. They're people from different nations. And you'll be preaching in these places, and God is going to use you. I mean, what young kid doesn't want to hear that, right? So uh, God's got the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the church operating. And when people see that, it encourages and I, I remember him even saying, you're not going to marry somebody from here. You're going to marry somebody from the West and, and describe a certain type of person. And, you know, I, I was open to whatever God had for me, moving me out of India, taking me to the nations, giving me a new another a, a bride from another country. Man, the world is open to us when we are open obedient to the Holy Spirit. And I'm so glad at that young age, I was hungry for it. And that's what's missing. I think many of us are not waiting on God. And Jesus said, you guys are so eager to go out and preach and run, do my kingdom business. But you know, you go wait there in Jerusalem and you'll receive the power. And when Peter received that power, look what happened, man. And that's what I think some of us are missing out. And and so glad you tuned into that. And and I couldn't believe uh, the way it was leading into this moment. And Holy Spirit, right now, I even pray right now that somebody who's hearing me, they hear you calling may they hear the visions and dreams you have for them and see the nation, see the places, the people that they're supposed to go to. Call them Jesus, Holy Spirit. Use this moment to bring your fire and to breathe that passion as you did on Peter, as you did on me.
1: Amen, amen. Bring it forth, oh God. Bring that yes. forth. Do Bring that forth.
2: do it again, do it again.
1: Wesley, I appreciate your sensitivity. Why do you believe that God called you to evangelism for such a time as this? I mean, we're living in a tumultuous era, nationally and internationally. And here you are, a worldwide evangelist. Why, why do you believe God called you
2: <laughs> I don't know man I, I just feel audacious audacious I don't shrink away from anything God must have seen this dude is crazy I'm gonna use it um, I, I I just feel like ever since I made things right with God it just I wanted to talk to people about Jesus. I wanted to tell them what changed my life. I could have been a doctor. I could have been a business administrator. I could have been anything, but I think I would have been still telling the story of Jesus. I think that's a call for all of us. Um, but Danny, I'm wired different, man. I, I can go to Kenya. I can go to Hawaii. I can see a baseball field. I can see a soccer field. And I say, wow, oh, we've got to do a crusade there. we got to get the people out here. That's how my brain works. And that's how I see things. I see things like that. I feel things like that. I could be in the elevator. I could be in the plane. I could be somewhere, and I said, "This person needs to hear." Um, I think God sees that. He's he appoints us, uh, calls us to things like that. Um, I don't think everybody is called to be an evangelist, but everybody is called to do the work of evangelism, sharing the faith. But uh, you and I were all wired differently. I'm thinking. I mean, would I take the time to um, cultivate the art of broadcasting and communication as you have? It takes a lot of time and effort. But see, you're doing it. That's, that's your calling. Um, I think God sees that and gives you whatever resources you need to go do that. Same way for me.
1: Well, God has clearly prepared, called, and you see the evidence of the Lord's working in time as uh, you see patterns, you see the Lord's movement, a vision given to Wesley Paul, a vision of a stadium, a baseball field, a, a cricket field, and then a vision to see thousands of people there. Well, that's one thing, to see the vision, to be bold in that way. And then to see the stadium filled. And then to see churches come along and partners. And in the process... People being equipped, people in the body of Christ being equipped to do the work of evangelism and then to hold the event. It could be one night, two nights, three nights, a whole week, and the preaching of the gospel and see the Spirit move in that way. Well, this is the story of Wesley Paul, Dr. Wesley Paul, over the decades, and he's with us today. We're privileged to have a global evangelist, a preaching evangelist like him in our on our show. You speak of Luis Palau, you speak of Dr. Billy Graham. These have all influenced him. When we come back, you'll hear more from Dr. Wesley Paul. Sure, Luis Palau, Billy Graham. But who are some of his other mentors who have spoken to him, inspired him, pointed him in the right direction, maybe given him some warning signs that others might not even know exist. Dr. Wesley Paul sharing the wisdom of the Lord, the grace of God. Is your heart open? Go to WesleyPaul.org. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life, leave beneath the barren sky. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support the good life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team That's drdanny.live. Thank you.
0: Listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Dr.
1: Wesley Paul is the founder and president of Wesley Paul International Ministries. He was born in India, Bangalore. When he was 19, he moved to Canada. After completing his studies at Cumberland College and seminary at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, Wesley pastored churches in Iowa for eight years. In 1998, he left the pastorate in response to God's call to reach millions by preaching the gospel. Thanks for being with us today. As you listen in, I want you to open your heart to what the Lord is saying to you. And not only that, as Dr. Wesley Paul is so inclined to do, be willing, open, and move as the Lord, the Holy Spirit, guides you. Wesley, who are some of your mentors?
2: Well, I'm so blessed that we sit on the shoulders of people, man, we really do, and we see far ahead and climb greater heights. Thank God for these men. Uh, So in 2000, I, I just applied to go to the amsterdam 2000 i don't know if you went to that Uh, i was there Mm -hmm. you You were there yes wow we should have hung out but anyway so i don't know how i ended up in not just the rest of the attendees i got selected to be in a strategic task force which is like i was sitting there with rick warren and uh you name it all those big dudes out there um so what happened was there was a guy named lon allison he's the director of billy graham center he saw me there and he said i've watched you uh, one of my staff david olmsted knows you and uh, i go by his cubicle and i always ask who's that guy and so we connected me and lon allison and uh he said uh, you need to come up to wheaton and uh, spend an afternoon with me so anyway we kept in touch a uh, couple of years went by in 2003. He called me and he said, uh, Yeah, I want you to come, dates. so and so date. So I drove up to Wheaton. And after lunch, he looks at me and he says, uh, I want to mentor you. I've been praying for people to mentor. And I was floored. I'm like, Who am I? You know, here's this evangelist who just hops here and there, goes preaches. And so there, there is this big door of. Hanging out with this evangelist, uh, Lon Allison, director of the Billy Graham Center in Wheaton. Um, he's already got about uh seven or eight others leaders, um, who are evangelist, uh nationally known kind of people. And so he proposes that we meet once a year. So so we do that and for sixteen years until he died a couple of years back. He came down with cancer and uh I remember going to the last meeting in September of 2019, helping him tie his shoes and, you know, helping him walk. Uh, so that was long and that was really sweet. He poured into our lives. and Many a times when I was on the precipice of falling or doing something stupid, he would talk to me and, get me out of the mess. Um, I'm glad I had a community. And one of the things we would do is just hang out as a community, and it takes a community to make you holy. And we learned so many principles from him, just watching him. So when he died, um, I asked his mentor, Leighton Ford, I asked Leighton, Leighton, would you take up that place that Lon had um, in my life? So uh, hang out with Leighton sometimes. go there and let him mentor me. And Leighton, again, is a great mentor. He's 90 years old, uh, traveled with Billy Graham. He married Billy's sister, Jean. Uh, He left all that to just mentor leaders and raise up leaders. So I'm part of a mentoring community with with Leighton. And I have my own group now um, of about eight guys from different parts of the world. All of them are national leaders, some of them leading large, large things. Um, That's how Lon trained us to look for people who are going to make national, international impact, mentor them. So uh, I tell my guys, you you look for another ten to eight guys that you can mentor. I'm about to start my second group of people that I'm going to mentor, and uh, most of them are music artists, and um, they all have a passion for evangelism. And so my idea is raising up a generation of evangelists, evangelism leaders across the world. Um, Everywhere I go, I see such great needs. I I think I might end up starting another two this year. I I don't know. Jesus started with 12. So mentoring is a big deal, big part of my life.
1: Well, and to think that you were mentored by, by Lon Allison and now Leighton Ford and and also Don Wilton, right? Wasn't Dr. Don Wilton? Yeah, yeah.
2: Don, um, I, I can't forget Luis Pala. I mean, he's the one that showed us how to do festivals, gospel meetings. Uh, that's a great mentor. I learned from him how to be a real, not be stuffy, and just too self-righteous and all that stuff. Luis was a, hands down, straight up dude that talked about real stuff, temptations. temptation. Um, things that he went through in his life, uh, to where he's got, where, you, where God brought him. And then uh, my old college professor, Don, Don Wilton, man, I love this guy. You know, there are a few people in your life that you say, I want to be like him. When I'm talking to Don on the phone, I can see him smiling. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if if a man like that smiles over me, imagine God, how much he smiles over me, sings over me. Zephaniah 317 says he sings over you. So when I see and hang out with Don Wilton, my heart is like, God, please make me more like him because I want to leave people with a good feeling. I want to encourage people. Every time I'm with some guys I mentor, I think of Don, the way he makes me feel. There are some mentors that make you feel good about yourself and what you need to be. Don's a great preacher. Um, he invited me to do a revival at his church for one week blessed my socks off when I left but he just is a good man and he (laughs) was pastor to none other than Billy Graham so you know to hang out with heavyweights like that um, I feel so blessed
1: Mm.
2: and to learn from people like that I mean Don would go over (laughs) Billy Graham advising him how to give invitations and today I was re-watching a reel of how Billy Graham gave invitation and I was thinking this is the man that taught Don and Don is now teaching me you watch Billy Graham. He was a master at giving invitations. I am so blessed. Sure I am was. so blessed to be around people who can teach me how to preach and how to give invitations. I'm still a long ways to go on that. But well, surround yourself with people who mentor you and ask yourself, who's mentoring you and who are you mentoring?
1: A man who is willing to be mentored, looks for mentorship, but also is mentoring others uh, sounds like a model of discipleship that we see modeled by our Lord and Savior Jesus himself. When we come back in our final segment Dr. Wesley Paul in his global reach has also developed. God opened the door for him to develop with training in marriage and family therapy. There's got to be some textures in ministry nuances that he senses and feels as he mentors, as he preaches, as he teaches. We'll talk a little bit about that and how he and his wife Debbie have kept a balance for stability in raising children. That and maybe prayer. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
2: On behalf of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, weekdays at 6 p.m. on WEZE, and visiting drdanny.live for more resources. My dear friend, it is because of listeners and donors like you that we are able to spread the message of Jesus' love and bring hope to people like you, your family, and friends. Proverbs 11.25 says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Will you prayerfully consider donating to Danny Yamashiro Ministries so that we may continue to broadcast the gospel so believers will be built up and non-believers may form a relationship with Jesus Christ? Visit drdanny.live to make a financial contribution today. That's drdanny.live. And thank you again for supporting The Good Life with Dr. Danny. May God richly bless you with The Good Life.
0: Listening to the Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the Good Life today.
1: For the past, well, over 25 years, Dr. Wesley Paul has been under the Luis Palau Next Generation Alliance of Evangelists Network. He's also being mentored by Don Wilton pastor of the late Dr. Billy Graham, and and also he was mentored by the late Dr. Lon Allison, former director of the Billy Graham Center at Wheaton in association with the Palau team. He's conducted several crusades in India, Kenya, and Fiji, and more. He's also a member of the Proclamation Evangelists Network, a network of evangelists hosted by BGEA, and he has ministered in over 30 countries. Dr. Wesley Paul is with us today. Wesley, you as a preaching evangelist, you also went on and got training in marriage and family therapy. I, I do want to talk about Debbie and raising children as a global evangelist, but let's do that in the context of how has the Lord helped you, maybe even recently, through difficult times?
2: Well, I'm so glad um, for the experiences that God, you know, gives us for learning. Um, as a pastor, I always felt like I was not prepared or well equipped to counsel people. So when I was in Iowa, I began to volunteer as a chaplain at the uh, at the local hospital, and that just whetted my appetite for more counseling. And so I went on and got a uh, doctor degree in pastoral care and counseling at the lutheran school of theology in chicago so there was this you know this inkling this 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 hankering for i need to help people and learn psychology and learn the way people think and feel and relate to one another uh, it was good to, going to be good with my pastoral ministry as well as my preaching ministry so so i you know i'm all up for learning uh we asians are like that you know more learning, more learning. Uh, so, but it, it it had to be also pragmatic. So, and so anyway, as I learned all these things, I figured I'll practice some of this counseling when I came to Kentucky. As soon as I started asking questions, they said, "Ah, oh, no, you can't do that without legally and technically, uh, you know, being trained by um, a university and having the qualified hours of supervision, etc." So, you can be legit. Um, so I could have been a pastor counselor at a church or something, but I wanted to be legit. I think that's something important for all of us evangelists and practitioners to hear that. You know, we don't want to take shortcuts. We want to learn it the right way. We represent Christ. We represent his kingdom. So we've got to go about and beyond. I think I will learn that from Luis, you know, make every attempt to come bring the gospel in a correct and a good fashion to people. So I figured I'll learn this. And so I enrolled again in college and went to the masters of marriage and family. But along the way, I think a lot of stuff in my life was not where it needed to be with my marriage, with my family, with, I had uh, become burnout. I had become discouraged. I had made my ministry, my God, and this happens to a lot of us in, in professional fields, whether it's work and profession other professions or ministry, we can make that our ambition, our goal. What's my next opportunity? Where am I going and how am I raising funds for that? And who's gonna recognize me and who's gonna notice me and and those type of things. So I think that became a thriving factor in my life. I didn't really know how to be intimate or emotionally connected to Debbie. And today, as a therapist, I do that. I, I am so attuned to that, that, you know, we, we're not emotionally intelligent beings. We need to work on this. We're intelligent every other way, but emotionally, we don't know how to make the connections with our family, with our children, with our wives. So that really put a dent in my marriage, in my life. I felt so disinterested in my marriage, my partner, my um, I did everything that, you know, on the face and and be a good father, be a good husband. And so it got to a place where I really had to make a choice. You know, what am I going to choose? Blessings or curses, life or death? Um, You know, along that came other temptations, you know, that that I felt like uh, I wasn't uh, you know, uh being rewarded at home or rewarded in ministry. So depression leads you, anxiety leads you to do some stupid things. And and finally that's why I'm saying mentoring is great. Lon and others in my group said, Hey man, what's going on? We see some things that are not right and they called me to accountability. And so I just felt like this counseling, this this whole marriage and family thing is so important and I needed to get my head in the right place. So I just sought the Lord. I went away to London for three weeks, hung out with some pastor friends who cared about me. And what that did was really reset me. Reset my heart for God. Reset my heart for Debbie. Reset my heart for ministry. I, I, I think many of us are not willing to admit that and we get burnout and we give up on ministry, walk away from God fall to sin and do some stupid stuff. And I think we need to wake up and say, man, am I really loving God? Am I really loving my wife, my children, or am I in this to become a big man, have some lots of opportunities? What, what am I in here for? So if your ministry, your work, is becoming a God, stop what you're doing. Search your heart, talk to your wife and you see the distance between you and her or, him or your children, ask yourself, why am I so disconnected? Why am I not emotionally connecting? What happened to the intimacy? We need to get back to our first love, uh, to our partner, to our wife, to our husband. We need to get back to our first love with God. Otherwise, he's taken out that lampstand, and that's no fun. And put us out of business, and that's humiliating, disgraceful. It does give us a chance to remember, repent, and redo what we did at first. So that's a formula that I used. We connected with God, repented, redid what I did passionately following Christ. And today, for me, intimacy with God is important. Intimacy with my wife is important. I mean, I just got, saw a text from my wife was just a very little intimate note. And I usually do the same. And, and we are, you know, connecting verbally, textually, <laughs> Uh, heart ways, every ways that we can think of, um, yeah, you got to do that,
1: Wesley, sexually,
2: this... sexually, every which way. And I think it's high time you get back, uh, you and I get back to uh, shoring up those things in our lives. Otherwise, our ministry is a mess.
1: This is a, a timely word, timely, timely word, Wesley Paul. And I, I also believe this is a moment for prayer for someone who's in the ministry, someone who is right where you're describing. I relate with you as you share what you're sharing. There's got to be others. Someone today listening, yeah. I'd like to do two things in these final moments. Number one, pray for for those who who you're speaking to about this very matter in this difficult moment and how God has worked through you and God will work through them too. And also, Wesley, I'd like for you to to share the gospel. You're an evangelist, brother. Share the gospel and there may be, I believe there's someone today that's their moment to open their heart to Christ. Would you do those two things in the last, say, five minutes that we have in our program as we pray and as you minister to them. Would you do it, please?
2: Just just uh, don't know where you are with, with Jesus. Uh, every day as a therapist, as an evangelist, I see people's hearts that are broken. They don't know which direction, which turn to take, uh, the negative thoughts that they have, the self-beliefs that they have about themselves. I don't know if, if you just beat yourself up that you are no good, you're worthless, you're a loser, you find yourself lost, you can't make decisions about your life, about your business, about your future. I want to say to you, listen, God loves you. God loves you so much. He doesn't want you to just be tossed to and fro like a ship on an ocean, breaking the pieces. He says, stop, stop where you are. I, I, I want to I wanna help you. I want to give you a hand to lift you out of this trouble maybe your marriage is failing maybe you've lost financially maybe you are an addict to pornography or to drugs or alcohol story of Naaman in the second Kings chapter 5 reminds me that we might have our solutions money doctors authorities government all of that but no the word of God said, the prophet said to him, go and dip yourself seven times in that Jordan River and you'll come out. Yeah, You might say, I've tried this, I've tried that. Why should I go there seven times? Why should I go to that river? You know, there's better rivers. That's what Naman said in my country. So what I'm saying is you might have tried different religion: Buddhism, Hinduism, Eastern philosophy, whatever it is. Listen, you can try all that the only one that can really love you and save you from your sin, from your trouble, from your addiction, is Jesus. And Naaman went into that water seven times later when he came out. He was pure. His skin had healed from that leprosy. And I promise you the same thing can happen if you go to the cross. The blood of Jesus can wash you, cleanse you. Would you pray with me? Would you look to the cross? Look at the cross. There's a Savior who died for you. There's a God who loves you. And he's saying to you, come to me. Put your trust in me. Trust is simply leaning into him, falling back into his arms. Picture that. Just fall back into his arms. The cross is there to hold you. Jesus is there to catch you. Let him hold you. You don't feel loved, he'll love you. You feel heavy with sins, he'll hold you you feel guilty, ashamed, you will wipe away that shame and that guilt. If you will say with me, just something from your heart, use this as a step to believe in him. However small your faith might be. Just say as, as well as you can, just say, Jesus, it's hard, but I'm going to trust you today. I'm going to put my faith in this supernatural person of Jesus Christ. I need you, Jesus, to save me. To get me out of this, break the shackles, break these chains. Get me out of this mess. I need to find my way out of this. They say you are the way. You are the truthful one. You are the life. Everything is dead in me. Come bring life to me. I embrace you. I welcome you into my life. Put my faith in you, Jesus, today. If you prayed that prayer, you're starting a new spiritual walk. The Bible calls it being born again. Write to Danny Yamashiro. Call. Let somebody know, a pastor, a family member, your wife, a husband. Let somebody know that you prayed with me today. Let us know. It's so important. If there's somebody else out there who you're struggling with your marriage and you don't know which way to go and you burn out in ministry you burn out in uh in your married life and you're thinking you know i've got to have a new star somebody else who loves god somebody else who, who will be better for me just listen stop stop there that's your solution what is god's solution for your marriage what's god's solution you know for me it was i had to look in my heart and say i am the sinner. I need to, I need to walk away from anything that's hindering me from loving Jesus, from loving my wife, and so I made that. You run me thirty-one, eighteen, and nineteen. Says, you know, choose this day. I place life and death before you. I choose curses and blessings. What will you choose? You know what? Well, on that day, I chose life. I chose blessings. And now I have my family, I have my kids, my ministry. I love my wife more than I loved before, ever before. That can happen for you. You can find love again. If you lost love for your wife, you feel like your marriage is over. You lost passion and love for your wife. Listen, or your husband, listen, it can change just like that. Say with me, Lord Jesus, I choose life. I choose blessings. I choose my husband. I choose my wife. I choose my family. Renew my heart. Take this heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. Holy Spirit, renew me. And I don't want to live to the flesh. And I don't want to be addicted to this pornography or this alcohol or this drugs. It's killing my marriage. I turn from these sins and I seek you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, make me strong. I welcome you. I surrender so that you can start me anew. Start a new life in me, Jesus, a new marriage, a new ministry. I need it desperately today. If that's you, my friend, you've turned a new leaf, a new page. This is a new year. Let's do it. Go tell your wife what you love her so much. Start appreciating. Start complimenting. I tell all my clients, start with affirmations and gratitudes. You'll build up some good uh, vibes with your wife or your husband. Start appreciating. Building, If you're finding yourself criticizing, complaining, contemptuous behavior, listen, you turn from that. Stop today. That's not the way a child of God behaves. Be full of praise, thanksgiving. You not only renew your own mind, but you renew your relationship. Lord Jesus, bless these couples, bless these marriages. They have prayed with me. They've asked to change their routines and their relationships. Give them new rituals. Give them new things to do so that they and their family could enjoy a vital Christian life. I bless them in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. 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 God has sent Dr. Wesley Paul for such a time as this, dear one, as we have shared in this with him and as he has shared with you. Oh, how the Lord loves you and knows you. Wesley, thank you so much for your heart, your life, your candor, and your heart for the Lord Jesus Christ and the man of prayer led by the Spirit. What a blessing you are. Thank you so much for being with
2: us. It's been a blessing to be with you, Danny. And if I may, um, I'm going to ask Your audience and yourself um, pray for me as I prepare uh, just uh, a few weeks. I'll be in Egypt and then in Dubai um, preaching. Um, Just the Middle East is open and uh, I'm excited about that. Um, But in July, this is what I'd like to ask your people and yourself. Uh, I'd love to find some more evangelists or people who want to go with me to Kenya in July. There's a city waiting for revival. Danny, this is so powerful. (laughs) This city, man, when we went there, we knew uh, my crusade director was organizing it. But when we went there, they said, you know, our city is waiting for revival. Nyeri is being prophesied that this out of this place will come revival all over Kenya and Africa. And we're praying for that. And they had a prophecy or somebody prophesied that by August they would see something happening. So when we went there and I proposed that we come there in July, one of the pastors said, you know, usually I am not very warm about wel- welcoming you guys and people into our city. But when you said that and what we've been praying for, we sense that God is sending you to bring revival. So I'm. they said, we want you to come bring the networks of people, you know, prayer movements, anything that you can help us connect with God and see revival here in neary so that Kenya can experience revival. So I'm looking for those revivalists, those evangelists who want to go there and plow the ground and pray and ask God to bring revival, see some souls get saved. Uh, Just like a big Luis Palau festival. He taught us to do satellite events, which is done simultaneously, uh, eight to 10 of them across the uh, region. And then Luis would do his main festival. So we're doing the same fashion. Uh, one week prior to the main festival, we're going to do the satellites and then the main festival. It's going to be uh, July 18th through the 31st, 18th through the 31st of July this year. So if you're interested in going, Danny, I'd love for you to go. Um, anybody else that you want to bring, man, we can harvest a bunch of souls there. So the word is out. Love to see you come join us in Kenya so we can preach the gospel, bring the Bible. The world needs to see some fired up evangelists. So let's go
1: do it. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, we pray your blessing over Dr. Wesley Paul and his team and those who may be listening even right now may feel a spark, a movement, that this is just something that God is calling them to. Maybe they're surprised as they listen, but know that this is for them and the Lord has opened this door for such a time as this. So I pray blessing over the work in Egypt, in Dubai, throughout the Middle East, especially July 18 to 31st. We pray for evangelists, we pray for team members, we pray for resources, we pray for this dynamic model to work and evolve even in more dynamic and nuanced ways of greater levels of effectiveness. Protect my dear brother, our dear brother, his family, And I pray for a fresh anointing to be upon him. Oh, God, fall upon him afresh. We pray all these things by faith in the precious and powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. 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 This has been indeed a time of encouragement and evangelism from Dr. Wesley Paul. Find out more at wesleypaul.org. Dear one, God's timing is perfect. And look. There's no better time than right now to share the love of Christ with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, look, this is, I believe, the perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus. Go to drdanny.live for next steps and find resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and major platforms. Luke 4, 43, Jesus said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also because that is why I was sent. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Dr. Wesley Paul, WesleyPaul.org. Until next time, along with my producer, David Nasora, creative director, Brian Torres, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator, Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today.